A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We know farmers put food on the table, but they also put spirits in our highball and martini glasses. Nels 40 operates Yahara Bay Distillers in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. They started in 2007 making all kinds of distilled spirits. We've got rum, whiskey, and vodka and gin, and these all require agriculture. We use a lot of ingredients, and I was thinking about it on the drive-in. You know, without the farmers, we wouldn't be able to make anything we make. Um, from the grains to the fruits uh, and the botanicals. Uh, we use all kinds of things. Uh, Door County cherries, cranberries from up north. Uh, we even use maple syrup from here in Wisconsin. And, um, and of course grains, now we do buy our grains which end up being probably regional versus directly here from Wisconsin. But we've done some really small batch with local farmers and partners in that sense. Um, but all kinds of fruits. We get our apples from Kickapoo Orchard. Um, and, um, yeah, we do our best to source everything as local or uh, near to home as possible. And we're proud to be here in Wisconsin and supporting Wisconsin farmers. Do you want to tell me, like, whiskey, bourbon, brandy, rum, and, and what grains are used in those? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, each of those... Um, as a, a spirit category is made of different ingredients. Um, whiskey is a cereal grain, so it's going to be corn, wheat, uh, rye, and malted barley um, in different ratios depending on which kind of whiskey. So like a bourbon has to be 51% corn or more. Uh, a wheat whiskey has to be 51% wheat or more. And a rye has to be 51% rye or more. Um, Rum is made from sugar of some sort, and we use table-grade molasses for our rum. And um, vodka can be essentially anything that is fermentable. Um, uh, there are some distilleries that are making out of uh, milk whey, uh, but typically you're going to use um, a cereal grain, uh, corn, a wheat, uh, or even cane, uh, sugar. You can use sugar, but it's, vodka is taken to such a high proof, you don't get all the flavors that you do in, say, a rum or a whiskey. Uh, brandies are made from fruit, and so a, a standard brandy is made from grape. And then any other brandy has to be called out. So we have an apple brandy, we have a cherry brandy, um, we have a pear brandy that we actually import. We used to make our own pear brandy, but we have now an import pear brandy from France. And we used to make a cranberry brandy, um, but um, some of these brandies are a little obscure and they don't sell really well, even though they're amazing. We also used to make a plum brandy, a Slivovitz, and that was amazing, but again, it's a niche. Uh, niche product and um, uh, not a lot of people who are buying plum brandy so uh, we did discontinue that um, and we do a, a lot of liqueurs too which have many different ingredients liqueurs by definition have to have a minimum amount of sugar in them so they're always going to be sweet and um, and then different flavors from there would you be able to give our audience a verbal tour of what the distilling process is like? Sure. Yeah, and I'll keep it general because it, it's basically the process is similar for all products. Um, 
you start with a fermentable base, whether it's um, a cereal grain cooked and um, turned into sugars, and, or fruit uh, mashed, pressed, and, and then fermented, uh, because there's a lot of sugar in there, or straight up sugar, molasses, or byproducts of sugar products. Um, and then you ferment it, and which turns it into basically a wine. And we do our best to bring that alcohol by volume percentage of that wine as high as we can up to about 18%. You, you really can't get much higher than that. The yeast just isn't able to produce uh, a higher percentage wine. It kind of kills itself off with the high alcohol content. But then we take that wine and no matter what you fermented, it's considered a wine. And we put that into the still. Now the still is a giant kettle and we heat our kettles with steam, but the process is essentially boiling it. We boil the wine and the um, everything boils and turn and, and and changes into a vapor at a different temperature. And so what we do is we dial in the temperature at which we're boiling to capture the vapor of the alcohol. Uh, what you end up getting is a lot of other things with it, flavors, um, and then it moves through the still. You could come out, take a tour, see the equipment, and we could go into more depth, and it would be easier to understand. But as it moves through the still and the system, uh, it separates uh, the different uh, compounds within the, the wine. And we try to pull through the alcohol and flavors. And so there are a number of things we do to capture everything we want and then remove everything we don't. Uh, but that's basically it. It's boiling it off and capturing the steam of the alcohol. And then it goes through a condenser, much like the reverse of a, a glass of iced tea in the summer. Um, you know, flip that inside out, and that's what we're doing. And it comes out as a, a clear liquid. What made you want to distill? So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting story. My parents, they were, uh, they had their serial entrepreneurs, and they had sold some businesses and semi-retired and they get a little restless as entrepreneurs and they were looking for something to do and we have a family member a cousin who also distills and has a winery and he uh, kind of motivated my folks to look into it and so they did and that's really where they got the spark the interest um, there's a lot of story to it but ultimately it was early it was 2007 early in the craft distilling uh, uh, boom if you will which is now more of a boom but back then there was um, there were fewer than a hundred craft distillers in the US and now there's over 2,000 um, so in the short 15 years 14 years that we've been in business it's uh, it's really exploded so you boast local ingredients. How else are you contributing to the local economy? You know, we, we do a lot with uh, local suppliers and local farmers. And uh, like I say, we do our best to source local when we can. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you got to buy glass by the truckload, you got to you got to go to the big suppliers, right? And and there aren't there aren't glass manufacturers in Wisconsin, so there are certain things we have to source 
outside of Wisconsin. Yeah. Now, you do not grow your own crops, but you still must have to be aware of what's going on in, in the fields because you're purchasing those crops. And what are things looking like? I don't actually pay too close attention to futures, but, um, but we definitely do feel it when there is a bad season. Um, there, a couple of years ago, was a bad apple season, and so prices for apple juice was uh, elevated. And it's one of those things that um, at our scale, we're a, a small business and we don't do a huge volume. Uh, we just have to find ways to absorb that price increase. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your pandemic experience? Yeah, our, our experience was unique uh, compared to most people. Uh, we didn't shut down completely. We did close the tasting room uh, because of social distancing and those concerns. But the manufacturing side makes up, at that time, made up uh, 90% of our business. And so uh, we lost the 10%. But we did pivot. We made hand sanitizer and high-proof vodka for sanitizing. And that kept our guys busy. Um, uh, you know, the men and women that work here in the manufacturing side, they kept very busy with, with those products. And that bridged a gap for us between closing down and pretty much everything in town or in the state closing down. Uh, but then as things opened up and we found new ways to adapt, uh, the sale of our spirits picked right back up. And, and so um, you know, we, we, we did okay through the year and we kept everyone employed and uh, it worked out okay for us. I want to go back to the hand sanitizer. Tell me about that little transition. Yeah, you know, the hand sanitizer was kind of fast and furious, right? We were doing our best to provide for the community and, and the state. And uh, we got so busy between the hand sanitizer and the production of spirits that we needed more space for ingredients and supplies and finished goods. And we have this very large event space. And we did. We, we tore up the carpet and we a hole in the wall and we turned it into more warehouse space and it it today is still warehouse space and we don't have firm plans to bring it back to an event space which i think a lot of our customers um, will be sad to hear but we do plan on continuing with tasting room uh, events and and we'll be we'll still be able to host a, a large number of people can you tell me why distillers uh could do hand sanitizer it's all because of the alcohol because we produce alcohol and hand sanitizer is high proof alcohol. That's what kills the virus. And uh, with so many distilleries across the country uh, now, uh, it, it provided the country with a unique uh, opportunity for manufacturing hand sanitizer in, in such a situation. So it was, um, it's sort of a blessing for the communities that have distilleries and there's a number of distilleries here in Madison and throughout the state and I think most of them did pivot and start producing hand sanitizer and I didn't see any distilleries product from Wisconsin in my immediate community because of course there was such a shortage anything we produced never really made it beyond our community and that that was um such a high demand and as craft distillers we can only produce so much so fast and uh, so it was really a huge benefit to those local communities to have those craft distillers uh, present and and willing to to pivot and provide for them kind of another innovative thing i heard you guys were up to is distilling beer was that something that you did because of the pandemic or is that just something you guys are trying out 
Uh, that's something we've done in the past. In fact, for many years, we've done that. We've partnered with breweries, and um, lots of people don't realize that whiskey is distilled beer. Uh, it's not necessarily a finished beer that you would drink. It doesn't have hops. But you can make what's called a beer schnapps or a type of whiskey out of a finished beer uh, that you might drink out of a can or a bottle. And um, and so we've done that for a couple of partners, brewery partners in the past, and we continue to do it. But during the pandemic, there were a lot of kegs of beer that were out of date coming back because restaurants and, and bars were closing. And the state allowed them to return them to the distributors. Now, I don't want to get into the politics of that because it's kind of sticking the distributors with the cost. But distributors then were sitting on a lot of beer that they didn't know what to do with. And so we were able to get our hands on a bunch of that and, um, and produce hand sanitizer, high-proof alcohol for hand sanitizer. And we ended up turning some of that into beer uh, with some of, the, some of the brewery partners that we have worked with in the past. Now that we're on our way out of a pandemic, what are things looking like? Yeah, you know, during the pandemic, my, my dad would joke when he started this business that he felt it was recession-proof. Now, of course, he didn't anticipate a pandemic, but being recession-proof because, you know, when good times are good, people like to celebrate with champagne or alcohol, cocktails, and then when times are bad, they tend to also drink a little bit to, you know, occupy their time or drown their sorrows, right? And so um, during the pandemic, we saw a very short period early on where even liquor stores were trying to figure things out and whether they were closed or they were just limiting uh, people inside. So it limited sales and that we saw a, a short dip in our sales. But then even during the pandemic, our sales uh, remained steady and, um, and we have... Um, we have fared fairly well through the pandemic and up to today. Yeah. Is your product going mainly to store shelves or bars and restaurants? Um, well, it was both. But then with the pandemic shutting down all the bars, um, all the consumers that used to go to bars then went to the liquor stores. And so our sales uh, did not necessarily see a dip. Uh, or early on, there was a small dip. But, but over the course of a year... Um, our sales sort of remained similar to the prior year uh, with a slight decline. Um, and that's because people, even though they couldn't go to the bar, then they went to the liquor store and they, you know, they, they took it home. So, um, yeah, we, yeah. We, still have a very, we still have a very strong presence in liquor stores and grocery stores and stuff. Yeah. The pandemic kind of accelerated that local food movement. You know, farmers markets were booming because you could be outdoors. And then everyone was paying way more attention to where their food was coming from when things were missing on the store shelves. Are you seeing any consumer trends like that? Are people really interested in a local product like this and local ingredients? We definitely did see, especially early on, uh, a, a real spike in sales out of our retail shop here at the distillery. Um, we offered curbside pickup and uh, it was easy for them to just pull up. We would come out and, and take care of them from their, their vehicle. Um, and, and we did see a, quite a spike early on. And it has tapered off. However, um, sales from our retail shop weekly are still uh, higher than they were prior to the pandemic. Now, that's taking into account that our tasting room is still not open uh, as much as it was prior to. So... Um, yeah, I think people are paying attention, and we, of course, appreciate the support here and um, love to have them come out. 
And kind of another topic right now that's making headlines is this labor shortage. It's hard to find staff. Uh, a lot of businesses are struggling with that. Are you having a hard time finding workers? Yeah, I think that's across all industries. I think I, I, I don't know why it's happening, but I think, you know, I, I speculate that people figured out how to live simply and they realize maybe they don't need to do what they were doing prior to the pandemic. And, and now they're reevaluating what they want to do. And, um, and they aren't in a rush because they don't have to be. They figured out how to make ends meet um, throughout such a difficult time. And, and, yeah, we are struggling a little bit finding help, but we have a really strong crew and um, we're, we're not in a position where it's hurting us. But uh, if we continue to grow as we expect to, then we hope that that changes because we will need to find people. Any events coming up? Uh, we have comedy nights. Uh, we have a few comedy nights yet this summer. We have a live music uh, concert uh, yet this summer. And then we anticipate bringing things back indoors as it cools off this fall. Uh, and that so the comedy and the concert, that's all outdoors. We have some tents outside and um, a sound system and lighting and everything. Are you playing around with any new products? We are always tinkering around with new recipes and new products. In fact, the guys just the other day um, went on a little field trip and um, went to a few different shops to find different flavors and ingredients, and they came back with lots of kind of exciting ideas. So <laughs> we're always developing new stuff, whether it's for our own brand um, or just to learn how things behave together. Um, and so, yeah, you can always expect Yahara Bay to come out with something new. And that's all things distilling from Nels Forty of Yahara Bay Distillers in Fitchburg. He says, come on out, enjoy the live music and some drinks outside featuring Wisconsin ingredients. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.